you know, really we could look at the two great commandments that Jesus Christ says all along, the prophets are, are built on as, a, as two um, potential curtailments to our liberty. If we know exercising liberty maybe takes us too close to something that, uh, that we can't control, then, then for the sake of, even if my brother's not present, for the sake of my God, sure, yeah. you know, I, I need to refrain. I need, you know, I need to, to uh, you know, Paul says, you know, not all things, you know, all things may be lawful, but not all things are expedient. He won't be brought under the power of any. You know, there's, just because I may have a liberty and it doesn't mean it's profitable for me to do or that I should do it. Welcome to Grounded. I'm Steve Hartland, pastor of Cornerstone Community Church in Joppa, Maryland. And I have a guest today. I'll introduce him in a second. Guy I've known for quite a while. I don't remember how long. We'll figure that out in a minute here. But uh, our topic is Christian liberty. Christian liberty. Hmm, this ought to be interesting. Welcome, Jeff Lubecker. Thanks for joining me today. Thanks. Thanks for having me. So how long have we known each other? Uh, I think it's been, and this is courtesy of me asking my wife, which is usually what I have to do uh, when, uh, yeah, me too. when it comes to things in the past. Um, I think it's been about 23 years. Uh, wow. See, we, I was going to guess 15. Duh. Well, the reason I know, I, I probably would have guessed like that too, uh, but we first heard you when my, my maternal grandmother passed away. We came, she was going to your church and... Uh, you know, we went. You did the service, and that's when we first heard you preach, actually, and and thought, "Wow, you know, this this guy is quite a preacher." To be honest, I'm not meaning to puff you up here, but we nice that's that. that's part of uh, what kind of you know. Oh, that everyone us. who heard my preaching had that response. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but that's what incentivized us to really start coming to Trinity at the time, and uh, so so and so that was about 23 years ago that she passed away. So that would be why. Super I know. cool. Yeah. So, yeah. Now we haven't seen each other a lot in recent years, and you're yeah. you're now at a church in North Harper County where my oldest son and his wife right. and kids are, right. are part of the part of the flock there. Yeah. So uh, just so people know, you got a wife. I do. You do. Yes. How long have you been married to her? Uh, we've been married Sue. 35 or 36 years. Yeah. You're asking me dates again. Uh, no, but, but I think it's about 35 years. Getting into real numbers. Somewhere around there, yeah. And we had this conversation earlier, but you got to let them hear this. So I thought I was going to win this, but I didn't. You won hands down. How many grandchildren? I've got 13, and you've got? I've got 16. 16. So, now, I do have nine kids, so that that, that helps contribute But you also that. have kids who aren't even married yet, who yeah, might get right. married and have more. So you, yeah. you could be in the 20s. It could be. Easily, yeah. yeah. We'll see. It's riches, brother. It's riches. It is. But, but all things being equal, I'm going to beat you to great-grandchildren because some of my grandsons are 18 and yours are six. Most of mine are around six, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm yeah. sure you will beat me there. Sorry, man. All right. <laughs> so our topic today is Christian liberty. Now, how come I'm doing this with you, Jeff? Well, because you're a guy I know locally who uh, you're a layman, right? You know, you're not working in the ministry. That's not how you make it. That's correct. All right. But um, you have been a man who studied the Word a lot. I think you're known for that. A lot of people would know that Jeff Lubecker is a guy who spent a lot of time in the Word, Mm -hmm. figured stuff out. So uh, Glad to hear that. Yeah. That's why I reached out to you and thought, I'd like to have Jeff on this podcast. So we're going to talk about Christian liberty. So what is that? What are we even talking about? Uh, why are we going into that? What is it? What do you want to talk about today? Okay. Uh, yeah, so uh, when we talk about Christian liberty, generally when somebody says Christian liberty, um, they're, they're talking about a particular liberty. There are several liberties you know, defined in the Word of God, right? Um, there is 
freedom from sin. You know, Jesus Christ in John 8 says, you know, if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. Or, you know, I, you know, the, uh, the word, you know, the word sets us free. Thy word is true. Uh, the, the word is truth and the word sets us free. I can mix, mix that up. Uh, or, or the prophecy of Jesus Christ from Isaiah, you know, he came to set the captives free, you know, this mm-hmm. is a, a freedom from the bondage of sin. Anybody who um, knows and has felt uh, the conviction in the, uh, of their sin and knows that they are in bondage and that they need to be made free. And then there's also, you know, uh, the a freedom from the bondage of the law. You know, Peter mentioned that in Acts 15, this yoke, which neither we nor our fathers could I bear. I love that. I quote that a lot. Yeah. Neither we nor our fathers could bear. Right, right. Yeah. And, uh, or, or of course, you know, probably the, 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 the premier passage on that would be Galatians, the whole book of Galatians, and certainly you know Galatians chapter four with the with the allegory of the bondwoman and the free woman, and and we're children of the free woman, and and uh, you know so, so we should stand fast in that liberty with which Christ has made us free. So um, those are certainly liberties, but when we talk about Christian liberty, we're generally talking about um, a liberty for Christians to to differ in their conscience and in their view and our understanding of things. Um, where the word of God is not definitively spoken, um, where they, their conscience may not be in accord. I may disagree with you and you disagree with me, and yet um, we're still brothers in Jesus Christ. And, uh, and so there is a real liberty there that I can hold a view that is, um, is distinct, um, maybe from yours or from even from my church uh, you know, at large, for yeah. that matter. So. so just to add a little thing to that, that was really good. <clears throat> to add a little thing to that is, so... There are things that a Christian may or may not do, and one believes he has liberty before God to do it, and the other one thinks, no, you don't really have liberty. You're deceived. You're wrong, and they want to come down on you and judge you for that, uh, condemn you for that. So, uh, again, the Bible hasn't said a certain thing is wrong, and so that means I have liberty to do that thing. Right? doesn't violate any principle. doesn't violate any direct commandment of the word. I have liberty to do that, but somebody else might judge me for exercising my liberty. They don't have liberty for that thing in their mind. What are some of the things? Oh, by the way, before we go there, let me ask, is this a relevant topic? So we talked about doing liberty, and I thought, is this a relevant topic? Should we really do a thing on Christian liberty? Well, yeah, it was actually really relevant in the first century. It shows up in a number of the epistles. We're going to look at some of them today. It was in the church in Rome. It was in the church in Corinth, the church in Galatia, their Christian liberty issues, and others. Um, And I guess down through every time where there have been believers on the earth, there were Christian liberty issues, but there certainly are today. Let's talk about what are some of the issues. Mm, yeah, what is what, what's on your list? Ah, uh, for for me, um, you, you know, and like you said, these would have changed even just in my lifetime. Some of the things that maybe would have been considered Christian liberty issues that maybe many people accept now that you know that are no longer considered that way. But but yeah, we uh, for me, uh, you know, the idea of TV. You know, when we were younger, should you have a TV in your home uh, or not? You know, that after was we got issue. married. Yeah, um, or movies, of course. Uh, playing cards, actually, interestingly enough. You know, one of my I don't remember if it was my maternal or paternal grandparents. <clears throat> um, thought that face cards were wrong, playing cards were, were wrong to use, you know, uh, they didn't have a problem with a, a card game necessarily, um, but if it was face cards, you know, Jack, Queen, King, Ace, uh, really? that was For wrong. some yeah. reason, those were wrong. Well, you know, I think people maybe gambled with them and, and therefore, you know, came into ruin and, and hurt themselves and family, and, and so, you know, they, they looked at that as wrong. Um, Interesting. Let me, let me pause as you go on these, because I want to chime in. Sure. So you mentioned movies. So... A lot of people listening to us who are younger than you and I'm, you're younger than me, who are younger than us, are going to be like, what? What's that about movies? Who, who? So 
when I was a believer, when I went off to Washington Bible College, when I went to Capital Bible Seminary, so now I'm into my 30s, and uh, man, we would hear it regularly, no Christians should go to movies. Yeah. Yeah. It was just, that was really a thing. Like, you shouldn't be seen going into them. Why not? Well, it might have something terrible in it. And somebody sees you coming out of that, and you ruin your testimony. Right. So, right? right. Your testimony. Right. Yeah. yeah. So movies. Yeah. The, Perry, Perry, uh, the, the church that Trinity ultimately came out of, the church there in Perry Hall, uh, that yeah. was at the time, and I don't I don't know that this is the same a- anymore or the case anymore, but at the time, you had to be a, a, an elder or a deacon or a trustee and deacon in that church. You know, you couldn't go to movies. You had to and, agree. So, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, but, yeah, other things, motorcycles. I you know, oh, was, yeah, you're getting close to home. Yeah, you know, I mean, I guess it's a, it's you're tempting the Lord. It can be dangerous, and and it was also a symbol of a, you know, counterculture at a certain uh-huh. time. Uh, uh-huh. You know, a, a, kind of like a rebel without a cause type, you know, uh-huh. a mentality. A one percenter. Um, ho- holidays, you know, Christmas, um, Halloween, of course. You know, how do we handle things around there? Um, dancing, alcohol, um, music. Yep. You know, I think maybe one even more. Prevalent today, education choices. You know, where we're going to should I come? I kind of send my kid to a Christian, you know, public school or a Christian school, must I homeschool? Or, you know, obviously all of these things, um, you know, were things that affected me yeah. at one point or another. Yeah. You know, the church that I had gotten married in at the Perry Hall, you know, back then, you know, you couldn't, again, dancing and alcohol simply couldn't have them in the Like at the, the wedding, wedding. No. reception, fact, there was fact, no I dancing. Was, no, yeah, I was raised that, you know, you shouldn't just even sip alcohol, yeah. you know, and I don't, I don't hold to that any longer. But again, the things that definitely affected, yeah. you know. That how was long. very much the church I was saved in, the college I went to, the seminary I went to. Right. So, yeah. So, yeah. so let's back up to the dancing one for a minute because I just want to mention, so you might get a kick out of this. We were talking before. My dad's 96, just turned 96, very healthy, healthy in body, healthy in mind, lives in his own house on an acre, uh, still drives his own car. And I'm not worried about that like you think I might be, yeah. but I've ridden with him recently and he drives fine. Wow. So I'm, I'm not worried about him driving his car, maybe a little bit. But here's an interesting thing. So my mother passed away about a year ago, so he's alone now. And uh, he's a real extrovert. He just wants to be around people, 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 people. And caring for her there all those years, he didn't get to be around people. So he found a dance on Wednesday nights. Wow. I think it's in Westminster. And he's going to this dance every Wednesday night. Nice. And then he'll call me on Thursday morning. Oh, I had a great time to dance last <laughs> night. My dad is 96. Wow. Should I sneak in there one night and hide in the corner and watch my 96-year-old <laughs> <Yeah>. dad dance? <laughs> Wow. He says there's a slow dance followed by a faster dance. And I wonder, what do you do in the fast dance? Yeah. Well, what's uh-huh. a fast dance? I wonder how many are yeah, yeah. that age, too. Is it something that I, where he's— Well, he doesn't tell them how old he is because he doesn't look uh-huh. 96. Uh-huh. So the average age in there is probably 80. Oh, wow. Yeah. 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 Older folks. But, yeah, dancing Funny. was not a thing. And now almost every time there's a wedding and we go to a reception, there's dancing. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and nobody's complaining. No. Yeah. yeah. That's kind of just a normal thing now. So you you gave us a good list there. What have you personal experienced? I'm assuming you have. Has somebody come down on you, Jeff Lubecker, Jeff, you shouldn't be doing X or Y or Z that you were doing, and you felt you had liberty to, but they were on you about it? Has that ever happened? What was it? Well, yeah, I've had that happen, uh, I guess, in a couple of cases. When I first got saved, interestingly, um, I got saved in a— uh, I grew up in a, a Christian home, uh, but I, but it really I didn't really understand uh, repentance and faith, and uh, I truly was saved um, and called on the name of the Lord down in Mississippi uh, when I was in tech training in, uh, in the Air Force. That. Yeah, huh. and I was a church down there, and they were uh, they they love the Lord, very evangelistic. Um, they thought that you know women should only wear dresses, and and they thought and this there's is, another thing. 
Uh-huh. Yeah, right, yeah. No pants. And uh, they thought that men, and this is Biloxi, Mississippi. This is on the Gulf Coast, and I was there in the summertime. And they thought that um, men should not wear shorts even. You uh-huh. know, they took, a, they took a passage, I think, out of one of the... Um, one of the uh, Moses' first five books where I think uh, something to Aaron's thigh was to find his nakedness. Uh-huh. And, so uh-huh. Uh-huh. and I didn't I didn't believe that. I didn't agree to it. But I was down there with them and I went to that church. And so, I, I you know, I and they would have told me that that was wrong. Uh, they did tell me that that was wrong. Hmm. Um, I wasn't going to argue with them about it. Uh, and I didn't agree with it but i did abide by it for their sake you know while i was down there yeah if you're on um, their turf yeah, yeah. so and uh, you know I, I guess after we you know i met my wife and and uh you know we had started having a few children we met another uh family that uh that the father in that family was a pastor um who uh has just meant a lot to us in our life has has a bit of great influence for us but but they were also there were some things like christmas was one of them it was one of the reasons i had to deal with that's one of the reasons it's really got me thinking christian liberty they were anti-christmas yeah they felt that you you know that we shouldn't have a christmas tree shouldn't bring something into your home and so short it. story i went through a phase <clears throat> Oh, did you? Okay. Yes. I all right. a, it was due to the uh, president of the seminary I went to. He had us all read this book. It was called The Two Babylons by a guy named Hislop. Hmm. And he was very anti-Christmas and anti-Easter. And I drank it in. And basically what he's saying is right. They had pagan origins and right. all that. But I think a thing can get a distance from its origin and be a thing right. a believer can redeem. Right. But exactly. I didn't understand that then. But go yeah. ahead. So, yeah, what I was just saying, so that was one of the things where we were kind of pressured there, um, you know, as far as, uh, you know, hey, you shouldn't do this. And, and I didn't, you know, we, we didn't agree. And, I, and I, I, there I wasn't actually in that church. They were in Northern Virginia. We lived up here. Um, we knew them through their children. We would go down there and visit them from time to time. Mm-hmm. And so we would discuss it. Um, but there, since I really wasn't in their presence, that's not something I ever really abided by. Um, but we did feel that, you know, that pressure, from, or, or at least that counsel from them. Yeah. Um, certainly also music. I think music was one definitely when I was younger. Absolutely. You know, rock, Me too. rock music and yeah. Um, I mean, I'm, I, I was raised on that and, mm-hmm. and, uh, and, you know, they, people that, that, uh, clearly thought that that was wrong, just the drum beat and, yeah. uh, any uh, music with a beat. Right. Yeah. It's, it's from like the a, devil. A voodoo type thing. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So <laughs> yeah. good list. I'm going to give you my list, but I'll try to move fast. It could be a long list. Bro. Oh yeah. So it goes on and on. So I came to Christ in 71 and for six years prior to that, my life had been a rock drummer. That was all I was into was rock drum. I just wanted to be a professional drummer. Like, I wish I'd gotten saved in a church that dug that and said, oh, you're a drummer? We can use you. But no, I got saved in a church that was fundamentalist, and they said, drums? Oh, drums. That's of the devil. you got to get rid of your drums. So I did. With a big lump in my throat and tears in my eyes as the guy drove away in his car with my drums. But uh, So I had to totally change my music. And then I had pretty long hair, so I had to make my hair pretty short. But when I got to Washington Bible College— um, I had to shorten it a little more to meet their dress code. It had to be off your ears and off your collar. So I had it off my ears and off my collar, but it was still longer than most guys there. And we had this fundamentalist guy. He was tall and skinny. I can't remember his name. And he would walk down the halls of college behind me and saying, it is a shame for a man to have wow. long hair. And he'd repeat that over and over, walking behind me. It is a shame for a man to have long hair. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so that was interesting. And they had the whole, uh, man, they had all kinds of things. No blue jeans. Mm. Um, because blue jeans were a sign of the counterculture. I went to seminary in Denver for a year, and uh, they had the same thing. Can't wear blue jeans, not even when you're in your home. Wow. You had to agree to that. So while I'm on their turf, all right, i got to agree to their thing. I'm going to their school, I'll agree to their thing. Um, 
But some of you listening are wondering, what in the world? Well, you weren't there these years ago when we were there, and these were issues then. But there are still issues now. So um, what's another one I've really run into? Um, music. Hmm. Yeah. They, they not only told me you can't have your drums anymore, but all those albums you have, you need, right. you need to get rid of them all. And you can't give them away or sell them because somebody else will get them then. Right. They're evil. I'd so you have to them. break them. Oh, we burned. Have you ever tried? <laughs> you burned yours? You well, ever tried to break an album? It just bends. It goes, well, I'm on a dumpster going. We were a little past albums. with more cassettes at that point. Oh, just stop when you burn them, huh? Yeah. It's like the book burning in Ephesus. Yeah. Well, yeah. In fact, our youth group, when I was at Parallel, did that. You know, they had this, hey, everybody come out and bring your, you know, your cassettes. Yeah, those cassettes. Start a big fire. And they burned them, yeah. Wow. So what issues remain now? What are issues now? We're about to get to some texts. We're taking our good old time getting to the text, yeah. aren't we? We right. want to get to Scripture. But what are some of the issues that that are now still Christian liberty issues? Well, I mean, like I said, I, I think education choice, um, you know, yeah. for, for, for certain people in a, in a uh, you know, going to a church. I mean, obviously, if you're a secular um, you know, somebody who doesn't believe in the Lord. I mean, I'm sure that's not really an issue other than, you know, the, the degree of education that they get. You know, we would be concerned also with the, the spiritual education they'd be getting or, the you know, the, what's contrary to it. Um, and I think that uh, even music, um, I still think that there's, there's, there's things there that, you know, we, we want to be careful. You know, yeah. I, I think that uh, a lot of Christian liberty, there are things that, you know, if we're talking about— um, some elements maybe you could talk about it. You could look at it and say, "All right, well, this seems clearly either right or wrong." Or, uh, but but there are other things that there's kind of two there's kind of like two principles, you know, on one side or the other, and uh, that are intention and 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 you kind of line up somewhere, you know, in between those two principles. And some people may emphasize some more than others, you know, some the other the other principle and. And so there's going to be a disparity in what Christians hold to, and I think there's a measure of liberty there. I mean, I, I you know, when people we talk about, you know, modesty is a good one, and I know you've had a number of podcasts on that. That is a current issue. Yeah, yes. and, and, and modesty is not itself um, a Christian liberty thing. You're supposed to be modest, right? Amen. So, but, but people but, don't believe that now. There's well, new definition to what it means to be yeah. modest. Yeah, but e- but even for us who believe it, you know, where do you what what becomes too tight or what becomes too yeah. you know high cut or low cut or whatever yeah. it may be, and uh, and so you're going to have this um, and, and and to be honest, I think sometimes you know even the occasion in which you're going out, you know, may help may may, may dictate a little bit of what you know what should be worn or not not worn what, or not worn. Yeah, and uh, if you're taking your wife out for <clears throat> your anniversary dinner. Yeah. She might wear one thing. Right. If you're all going to church, she's right. probably wearing a different thing. Right. right. Yeah. Or if she's just going shopping, right? You know, she's not going to be all dialed up and, yeah. and you know, but um, so, so yeah, there's, uh, you know, there, there's, I think there's, a, there's a, a, several things that we could look at there that you could, you know, that would probably be on a spectrum. So yeah, I think you're right. Good so <clears throat> I don't know if this will surprise you or not. You tell me. So one that periodically shows up here we're inside of cornerstone community church in our building and so here is cornerstone is uh, is alcohol hmm. so i believe the scriptures teach that jesus made alcohol at the wedding in cana of galilee real alcohol you can't turn it into grape juice somehow right. it was the real thing in fact he made good stuff it wasn't box wine right it was the really good stuff right, right. The, like the expensive stuff the guys were amazed you made you saved the best for last so uh that and many other passages um indicate that it's all right for a believer to judiciously and with self-control enjoy a glass of alcohol. Um, 
But here's what happens. We, we have a ministry in our church. It's a men's Friday night thing once a month where they go to a local brew pub and sit around and have fellowship about Jesus Christ and drink a beer or maybe two beers. I don't know. I doubt if anybody drinks more than two. And uh, I regularly hear some pushback on that. I just did. I regularly, Every time I hear pushback, I take it to our elders. We have seven of us now. <clears throat> and I say, guys, I heard from so-and-so, and they're concerned that we, we have this thing. Why we do that? There's alcohol involved and all that. See, really, in their soul, they don't believe Christians should drink alcohol, right? That's right. why they have a thing. Yeah. So I take it to our elders' meeting, and every single time, unanimously, our elders say, no, we're fine with it. Hmm. But right. it is an issue. Yeah. It's a thing that, oh, does, yeah. thing that yeah. does come up here. So here's another thing. Uh, how about owning luxury items? Hmm. How about owning a really nice house or a really nice car? Let's make it Let's make it a boat. Do you have a boat? I don't. You don't? No. Do you I, want to? I don't to? have too many luxury items for that matter. <laughs> what do they say about a boat? It's a hole you throw money into. All yeah, boat owners yeah. know that. But, um, I think a lot of hobbies could be that way. Yeah. Is it ever <clears> legitimate <throat> for a Christian to own a boat? Oh, I, I certainly think so. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I understand maybe what some of the concern would be. You know, we're not we're not uh, you know living for this world, and you know, hey, maybe money could be spent or time could be spent doing other things or or you know better ways. Um, but but you know, none of that contradicts God's word, right? I mean, there are going to be those who are rich in this world, and Paul doesn't say, hey, sell it all, give it all right? away. Yeah. You know, he just says, make sure you you know you're careful to distribute well, right? And yeah. and who we are, you know, made in God's image. I mean, we we are to have this. Um, we are to have this, uh, I guess, this realm, so to speak. You know, we have a wife and children, and, and we um, kind of like God's, you know, created garden in a way. And we mm-hmm. we want to nourish that up and, and, you know, teach these children and bring them up. And that you can provide well for them and that you could maybe enjoy, a, you know, a time on a boat with them. I mean, that you're do, you can legitimately do that. Uh, for the benefit of your family and for, for others that you can take in. You know, I know um, somebody in your church who has a boat. My my, uh, a couple of my uh, my children, you know, are are in laws to them, and yeah, they and they regularly enjoy time out, yeah. and it's it's a sweet time of fellowship. I'm sure they yeah. never come back and uh, you know are disappointed, right? Yeah, yeah, amen. And uh, so yeah, that, be, that couple in our useful. church that has that boat, they use it consistently for ministering to people, right. fellowship with people. Right. I dig it. Yeah. So. You know, clearly it's not wrong. Yeah. yeah. Amen. All right. We went through our list. Let's get to scripture, huh? All right. We took way too long. How long has this been? We're just now getting to the Bible. If this was a sermon, I'd be complaining. I hate it when a guy talks for 20 minutes in a sermon and we haven't heard a verse yet. I want to get right, right to the word. Right. So let's get to the word now. So there are, I think there are a couple of key passages. Like I've got down, see if you agree, Romans 14, 1 Corinthians 8 through 10. It's an extended teaching on liberty. Colossians 2, 16 and 17 really talks about it, right? Yeah, yeah. But we're, I see your Bible's open. My Bible's open to Romans 14. What are the issues in Romans 14? What's Paul have to say to us about Christian liberty in that chapter? Yeah, sure. Um, well, so Romans 14, I mean, I, I, the, you know, mainly what he's talking about there are meat uh, and drink, you know, I mean, meat and, and days, you know, can you can you eat all meats? Should there some be, meats be refrained from? Should you refrain from eating any meat at all? Um, now, why? What was the meat thing? Well, I would tend to I tend to believe, and obviously, depending on where you land, especially on the day portion, um, you know, maybe you would emphasize this was a Jew Gentile thing. Um, maybe you would you try to dismiss that. Um, I, I, I definitely think that this probably arose from uh, Jews and Gentiles, you know, being together in the church, same church. Uh, you know, Jews would have all their life been accustomed to avoiding certain meats and observing certain days, and here now you have Gentile believers now thrown in. You know, they're one body, and and Gentiles, of course, <clears throat> uh, wouldn't have had you know any of those stipulations, and uh, and wouldn't have been used to that. And so, you know, Paul is is 
you know, dealing with that disparity. You know, did you in Gentile, I mean, Paul addresses Jew and Gentile there in, the, in that Romans letter, you know, several mm-hmm. times. So it's it a big issue. You know, clearly that, you know, that would be an issue there. So, um, so that's predominantly what he's, what he's talking about. You know, either, you know, some regard a day, some don't regard it. You know, the, the meat is a good example, I think, of maybe an area of degrees. You know, can you eat all meat? Should you just refrain from some? Which ones? You know, maybe you're going to, you're gonna, there's going to be a disparity in the amount, you know, but uh, either way, the believers, you know, did not agree. And, uh, but Paul, and, and, and the, th- the important thing I think there is, is that Paul is telling them that even though they don't agree, they're to receive one another as brothers, right? You know, yeah. um, I think he says there in verse three, um, you know, God has received him. In verse eight, uh, you know, he talks about um, for whether we live, in verse eight, Romans 14, eight, for whether we live, we live unto the Lord, whether we die, we die unto the Lord, whether we live, therefore die, we are the Lord's. You know, he's not talking about here, um, believers and unbelievers or spurious faith, you know, or, or even people that need to be rebuked and, and, and discipline. Uh, he's talking about those who, who are true believers and yet they disagree and they have a difference of, you know, of view and, and, uh, and ultimately the, the point of the passage. And I think this is important. The point of, of Paul's passage in Romans 14 is not actually even, uh, the, the liberties that we have, that's not really the point. That's kind of an understood reality that there's mm. going to be differences. You know, the point is what he says right there in the opening uh, words, him that is weak in the faith receive, but not the doubtful disputations. It's that you would receive one another as brothers, yeah. uh, that you would not judge one another, that you would not um, look down on one another, that you would not cause another to stumble, that you would be looking out for your brother's best interest, you know, uh, before your own. Um, that's kind of how he sums the whole thing up in Romans you know, uh, 15, verse 2. He says, let every one of us please his neighbor for his good edification. Mm-hmm. That's ultimately uh, Paul's, what he's really after. Bottom line. Yeah. yeah. I also like verse 1. You, you read it, but I'm, I'm in a uh, ESV. As for the one who is weak in the faith, that is, he doesn't understand he has liberty. He might be very strong in Christ in a lot of ways, but he's weak in the faith when it comes to meat and days, right? right? Yeah. Uh, welcome him but not to quarrel over opinions. So don't start fights about it. I'm going to add that to the list. Right. Don't start fights about it. Don't condemn one another. Don't judge one another. Receive each other. So th- this is clearly an area of Christian liberty. Now, by the way, on the meats front, I take it to be the same as over in 1 Corinthians 8 through 10 where there was meat offered to idols and is it okay mm. to eat? And you know, Jews would have said no and Gentiles might have said yes. And so it was a Jew-Gentile thing, but it might have to do with that meat. But however you take that, there was a thing about meat, right? Well, yeah, and you know, I, I've I've often thought too, you know, maybe that's why Paul does leave it generic too, you know, because really the same principle would apply. I mean, it, it yeah. would apply even to, hey, should I not eat ham and and pork, or should I need not eat this meat offered to idols? By not saying, hey, that we're just talking about, you know, uh, the ceremonial law, or he leaves it open to any of that. So yeah. and maybe you know that's purposeful, yeah. you know, that he's he's you know he's setting examples, but he's really hitting at a larger principle that doesn't just involve those particulars. So let's talk about the days part. So there are Sabbatarians in the land. I used to be one of them, and I am no I wasn't, then I was, and now I'm not. How's that? Come full circle. Um, But there are Sabbatarians. There are Christians who believe that we are still obligated to 
to uh, observe the Sabbath. However, they have it on a new day. It's it's the new day. It's the Sunday is the Lord's Day, the Christian Sabbath. But Paul seems to me, I want to see if you agree, he seems to me to be saying, um, verse 5, one person esteems one day is better than another. That's the Sabbatarian. While another esteems all days alike. That's me. Each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. And you do it to the Lord and in honor of the Lord. Don't judge one another. Do you agree? Oh, definitely. Absolutely. Definitely. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I, I struggle with the, um, uh, you know, I, I, I got saved and, and I was not, uh, you know, Sabbatarian either, but we got, we came into the reform, you know, Baptist church and, um, I came out of the military and was trying to provide for my family. And one of the best options I had was to be working at Bethlehem Steel and down at Bethlehem Steel, you know, when you first are there, everything, it's a union, everything's done by seniority. And if you have no seniority, you're going to be on shift work. Uh-huh. And, uh, so you're, you're not going to be on daylight, you know, and, and you're going to be working through the night many times and it's going to be rotating. And so there was, you know, I was looking at probably two to three times a month that I would have to be working on a Sunday. And so I really wanted to know, am I, is this wrong? I mean, I'm hearing people telling me this would be wrong. And so, yeah, I've, I've, you know, looked pretty extensively at this and, and I, you know, I certainly believe this passage is just in line with several others uh, yes. in the New Testament here that yeah. clearly would indicate Colossians to us, too. yeah, that mm-hmm. um, you know this is a, a ceremonial element. You know that we, we might say the Sabbath was, and that this is not something that the Gentiles were required to observe. Yeah, verse ten. <clears throat> why do you pass judgment on your brother, or why do you despise your brother? So that's what they were. The one side's passing judgment, the other side despising. Uh, don't do that. Receive one another, not right. to argue, not to despise, right. not to pass judgment. So Romans 14. So uh, the days thing is still an issue. Like, I mean, most of the people on earth that I really esteem <clears throat> as godly Bible teachers and preachers and all that probably are Sabbatarian. I agree, yeah. 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 And, uh, I mean, I go to a uh, you know, I, yeah, I now go to a Presbyterian church, church. Uh-huh. and I, you know, if any of them listen to this, they know that I'm, you know, I'm still thoroughly Baptist. I love them. I love the, you know, the, the fellowship there, the teaching there, but that is the stance generally, uh, you yeah. know, it's a Sabbatarian it's Westminster Confession. It's right. London Baptists of 1689. Right. And I tell people, I love the 1689. I really do. I think it's the best confession of faith ever, even better than the Westminster. I agree. Because it's got more water in it and other things. But anyway, uh, but yeah. I, I take exception to the chapter on the Sabbath. I just right. think it's wrong for yeah. a bunch of reasons. So that that was a thing in in Rome is there there were disputes over meats, there were disputes over days. Why don't we go over to First Corinthians eight through ten? And we can't look at that whole section, but nah. look at that. I turned once and I got right to First yeah. Corinthians eight. Nice. Don't you love it when that happens? Instead of pages sticking together and you right. can't navigate there. So eight is clearly I've got a heading above chapter eight in my Bible: food offered to idols. So what was the deal there? Yeah, I think this passage is personally. I think this passage is a little bit more difficult because I think there's uh, Paul um, could be a, he, he, he could be a little hard to understand. Really, I think Peter uh, says so. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think he might be referring to this passage. <laughs> <laughs> might this be passage. a good candidate. Huh? You know, he he. You know, the question obviously Corinthians asks a lot. We're asking Paul several questions, right? He, you know, he talks about marriage prior to this. He's going to talk about mm-hmm. the Lord's Supper. He's talking about spiritual gifts and things. But he, that one of them obviously was, what about what do we do with this meat offered to idols? I mean, can we, can we eat this if we know that the Lord, yeah. you know, there is an, an idol is nothing, and that's good meat and it's right. cheaper in the marketplace. Right. It's right. been used a little and already. Meat, right, meat doesn't commend us or condemn us before God. It's an amoral thing, and mm-hmm. so you know, can we eat this? And Paul, uh, clearly, I believe. Um, looks at this as an, as, as an area of liberty that, yes, even though somebody else formerly used this meat, you know, out of uh, an idolatrous heart, um, 
you're not using it out of an idolatrous heart. You, you know, you're now purchasing for your convenience, you know, to feed you and your family. And um, so, you know, he, he certainly allows for that. Now, he then, he, he then uh, in chapter nine, it almost looks like Paul, he, he starts in on this. It almost looks like he then changes the subject in chapter nine. But really, mm-hmm. I think ultimately yeah, what Paul's doing is using himself as an example. And, yeah. and uh, so many of the things in chapter nine really could stand on their own, you know, as far as, you know, things that you could um, teach on. But they are really ultimately making a point um, or, or setting an example for what he says in, in 1 Corinthians 8, you know, where Paul gives up. His How he liberties. denies himself right. the free exercise of his liberty right. if it's going to do somebody else good, if it's showing love, right. if it's good for the cause of the faith and all that. Right, absolutely, right? yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, he, he says in there, we, we could have, you know, been chargeable to you. We could have, you know, gotten our, taken our living, you know, from the flock. But, you know, for your sake, whatever the situation was there, it was better that they not. And so they didn't, you know, they, they laid that aside. And so that's his point, right? Even though maybe you have that liberty, if, if by you eating this meat— uh, embolden someone to to go back into sin or to violate their conscience, um, you know, because they're not quite strong at that point. Then you you should be laying that aside for the sake of your brother. Yeah. So if I know I have liberty to have alcohol and I've got a bottle of wine in the house, but I know Jason's coming over for dinner with his wife and I know oh, I they think alcohol is wrong. Do I sip my alcohol out? Do I pour myself right, right. a glass? Do I flaunt it? Do yeah. I offer them some or no? What do I do? Yeah, sorry, you had to make that easy for me. Uh, uh, <laughs> no, you yeah, know, absolutely. Yeah, if you know that somebody has a problem, and alcohol obviously is a you know is a good example because um, there are problems. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I yeah, I I have a son-in-law who who's recovered, you know, alcoholic and and you know, he really can't can't, he can't have it, again. you know. He yeah. just, you know, should not have it, and he knows that. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so, you know, I don't want to put that in front of him. I don't want to give him that opportunity. I don't want to, you know, embolden him to do something that, um, first of all, if his if it bothers his conscience, that's an issue. Paul makes you know a point of that here and in Romans, I believe. Uh, but certainly also because of where it can take him, right? I mean, you know, uh, this is where sometimes I think our liberties that we have. Um, may even be guided somewhat by our past experiences. You know, if I, if if a certain music could be a good example, if a certain style of music, you know, that I always listened to, maybe I always did it in a certain environment that was, you know, utterly, you know, corrupt, and and hearing it again, it connects you to that. Right, right. It, it, could, it has it could power to do that. Yeah, and if I know that about a brother, I, if I know that, I'm not going to, I'm not going to use that. Mm-hmm. I'm certainly, I mean, I can. I, my my job is to love him before it is. To exercise my liberty—that's the greater priority to love Him. Big amen. So I would forego my liberties, and I should, and Important I ought to. Important principle, isn't it? Right, and and that really comes out here in First Corinthians. Yeah. So yeah. I don't clamor for my liberty. This is my liberty; I can do it if I want. But I'm damaging somebody else. Right. No. Right. I, I say I will gladly deny myself so that my brother may be edified, so he won't be damaged or whatever. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That's yeah. love, right? Right. And then, then that's ultimately what we're called to. You know, we, you know. What does Paul say? Owe no man anything but to love one another. I owe you that. You owe me yeah. that, right? But yeah. my liberty is not yeah. owed. That. And also in Romans 12, love does, or is it 13, 12? Love does no harm to a neighbor. Right. Yeah. yeah. So. So I don't want to harm him by by uh, using my Christian liberty. Right. Anything else you want to say out of 1 Corinthians 8 and 9 and 10? If not, I want to go to Colossians 2. Um, yeah, just real quick. You know, Paul then also does uh, talk about keeping his body in subjection. And and I think that's important because I think, you know, really we could look at the two great commandments that Jesus Christ says all along, the prophets are, are built on as a, as two um, 
potential curtailments to our liberty. If we know exercising liberty maybe takes us too close to something that uh, that we can't control, then then for the sake of even if my brother's not present, for the sake of my God, sure, yeah. you know, I, I need to refrain. I you know I need to to uh, you know, Paul says, you know, not all things, you know, all things may be lawful, but not all things are expedient. He won't be brought under the power of any, you know, there's just because I may have a liberty and it doesn't mean it's profitable for me to do or that I should do it. Maybe I really should, um, you know, refrain. And I think that Paul kind of brings that out at the end of chapter nine. And that's kind of his exhortation in t- chapter 10. He really, um, he essentially, I would say, tells the, the Corinthians, look, follow my example in this, you know, whether it be before your God, or whether it be um, before unbelievers, or or your brethren, other men, um, you know, use your liberty responsibly, and, and in a way that you know that you still love God and you still you know yeah. love your neighbor. Say amen. All right, yeah. jump over to Colossians two with me, would you? Sure. Verse sixteen. Therefore, let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food and drink. Here he says, don't let anybody pass judgment on you. Questions of food and drink, or with regard to a festival—that's Jewish calendar, or a new moon, Jewish calendar, or a Sabbath, the Sabbath, Jewish calendar. There it is, right there in bold print. These are a shadow of the things to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. Don't let anyone disqualify you, insisting on other stuff and not holding fast to Christ. So uh, here he's talking about food or drink again. And here he's also talking about the Jewish calendar. So we're no longer under the Mosaic Jewish calendar. No, right. What if somebody wants to observe it because maybe they're Jewish? Do they have liberty to do that? Well, certainly, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, Paul. I mean, and and that's really what Paul is saying there in Romans 14. You know, some do regard regard the day to the Lord, they regard it. You know, if that's where they're at, then, you know, that's, um, you know, where the Lord has them. That's their understanding at this point. Or maybe they just choose to say, hey, I want to be here. I think it's safer. Um, then certainly they have the liberty to do that. Yeah, absolutely. You know? So quick story right there. So we had a guy used to be in this church. Great guy. I liked him. He invited uh, Debbie and me over for which Jewish feast was it? I don't know, Rosh Hashanah or something. So we went over there and we did this whole thing, and it was really cool, and I enjoyed that. And I thought, I have liberty to go there. I'm not under the law to go there. He wasn't under the law. What turned out he was under the law, and he went full, full-blown like, uh, the church ought to be Jewish and the Gentilist wow. church, this is wrong and we wow. ought to be keeping the law and blah, blah, and so on. He went all, and he found a place that did that and he, he went to it. Mm-hmm. I went online and watched them. It's pretty terrible in my opinion. Wow. But anyhow, uh, Colossians 2, you're not under the law. Don't let them put you under the law. Don't lo- let them judge you in questions of food and drink, festivals, new moons, or Sabbaths. Right. Yeah, good. Absolutely. So let me pause here and ask you a question. Just so we clarify for everybody who's listening, um, there are things that, well, let's call them, there are, there are laws, there are commandments Christ gives us in the Great Commission, Matthew 28, teach my followers to obey everything that I have commanded them, and lo, I'm with you even to the end of the age. So there are commands. We're under the law of Christ. We're not under the law of Moses, but we are under law to Christ. Right. You, you and I agree on that, right? Yeah. We're new covenant brothers. Right, right. Um, so, so there are lots of commandments. There's over 600 commandments in the New Testament. And I'm responsible for those. So one of them says, for example, husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church. I'm supposed to love Debbie. 49 years this year. Got you wow. beat, bro. Wow. Rubbing it in. That's awesome. I'm supposed to love Debbie. Uh, and I do, and I want to, and even more so. Um, suppose, you know, may this never happen. Suppose I stop loving her. Is that, do I have liberty? Can I call that Christian? I have liberty. I don't have. To, yeah. I'm not under a law. I'm not under right. some command. Do I have liberty? No, I mean no. I certainly I don't. That, those you know, that's where, I guess, 
um, you know, what I had said at the beginning, where the, where the Word of God doesn't necessarily, you know, clearly delineate or define, um, you know, we, we have liberty. But there are things that he has defined, you know. I mean, I can't, I can't choose my own way to come to the Father, right? I mean, I can't go through Buddha. I can't go through Allah or, or Muhammad or whatever. I, you know, I, I must go through Jesus Christ. I can't, you know. So obviously commands that are clear, um, you know, as far as loving your wife, uh, you yeah. know, that's not something that you know, we can— yeah, we can hedge yeah, you on, and how we about, should be pursuing with all of our might. How about this one? Do not be drunk with wine, which is excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another. Uh, can a Christian say, no, I have liberty. You know, I'm at home. I'm not going to drive. I can go ahead and get drunk. Yeah. Is that well, an area for liberty? I mean, again, you're, you're, you're disobeying God's Word, right? Yeah, I mean, it's not an area for liberty. Is it? No, no, absolutely yeah. not. You have no liberty so, to get drunk. I mean, it isn't, you know, you, you know, obviously those are some other side effects of drunkenness that you don't, you don't want to crash your car and hurt somebody else. But you don't want to sin against your God, right? That's the, the first the drunkenness thing. That's the, itself right. And so, sin. whether you're driving or not, if He says not to get drunk, and you are, you're sinning against your God, and that yes. is wrong. So, yes. how about modesty? I know we don't have an exact. The Bible doesn't say so. Your dress needs to be. They used to measure, you know, if right. you go to a certain college, Christian colleges, right. they're going to measure right. your dress. Got to be two yeah, inches yeah. below the knee or something. I came so, up in a private school, yeah. So I don't. I yeah. had to dress yeah. code, yeah. And you know, while you're in there on their turf, if you're in their school, you got to obey the rules. You're right. agreeing to them, so obey right. the rules. Um, and I won't say it's legalistic for them to have such rules. They got to land somewhere on a dress code in their school, right? Right. Uh, and it's a school. But suppose we, as a church, you know, we have deacons out front and they're measuring everybody's skirt or. How do you measure all these things? Was that too tight? Is that too low? Is that too sheer? Is that too whatever? And somebody's even going to get mad at me just because I said those things are part of modesty. But they are, yeah. right? Yeah. Th- there are lines that you don't cross. Th- our more modest parts we cover, Paul says. Right, right. So so there, there are parts we need to be modest about or our more, what is it, less presentable parts we cover. Yeah. Um, so what about modesty? Can can a man or a woman wear anything they want, dress any way they want, and just say, look, I have liberty? No, no, you know, certainly not. And I certainly, you know, would not say, hey, you know, I'm, I'm actually the strong one because I think I have liberty in Christ, you know. Um, but modesty, admittedly, is more difficult because, again, I, it's hard to say where you draw that line. Um, but, but, but certainly I would say that um, we, 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 uh, modesty is not an option. We are told, you know, to be— to be modest, and, uh, and and women in particular, you know, are, are urged to modesty. And if we know that it's something, and that's I, true. Yes, 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 that's yeah. true. Women in particular, yeah. yeah. And that's right, though. I mean, the, the beauty, you know, is the the. Uh, the asset of the, of the feminine gender, right? Just like strength is the asset of the, of the masculine gender. We tell little boys, you don't hit girls, right? I don't tell my little girls, I don't hit boys because, you know, strength is not, you know, we're, we're telling them, use your, your, your asset responsibly. To protect. Right. Yeah. So we tell the females, use your asset responsibly, right? That's yeah. why we would emphasize, you know, modesty for them. Uh, and, and I guess what I would say for a, for a woman, if what you are wearing, you know, or, and, and I would think if a man... Um, if there is something that's truly problematic, yeah. you know, maybe they could approach a sister or approach an elder to say, hey, could you, you know, maybe maybe we should say something to the, you know, to the sisters here. And if you know that this is affecting your brother, again, I, I would use this, whatever you think, you know, you, God has given you liberty to do uh, first, 
love your brother, right? Yes. And then exercise yes. your liberty. If, yes. if that means, hey, I'm going to cur- curtail my liberty here, uh, for the sake of my brother, I-, I need to do that. I should do that. So we're back in Romans 14, aren't we? I'll yeah. deny my liberty right. for the good of my right. brother. Or even First Corinthians, First Corinthians 8. 9. Yeah. Yeah, right. Deny right. myself liberty. But this is the thing, Jeff. I don't, I don't know if you're aware of this. You probably are. This is the, so there's a whole new thing about modesty that's feminism incorporated into Christianity incorporated in the Church of Christ. And modesty is no longer what you wear. It's it's about an attitude in your heart. And that's mm. all it is. Mm. So the church should have nothing to say about what I wear. And here, here's how it goes. So if a woman is dressed in a way that just really exposes things that aren't supposed to be exposed, um, and a guy says, oh, man, yeah, don't wear that. Please don't wear it to church. Don't wear it in public. And, and here's the thing. It's like you're supposed to be able to control yourself. I can wear anything I want to. This is a... Christian, it's a Christian thing. New definition of modesty. It's only an issue of my heart, not wanting to flaunt my beauty or whatever, whatever. But you got to get control of yourself. But no, do you agree with me? The scripture says, if I'm causing my brother to stumble, that's still right. in there, isn't it? Oh, yeah. If absolutely. I'm causing my brother to stumble, I'm not walking in love. Right. No, so if you're, if you're a Christian woman and you're just flaunting the stuff in, in ways that are just beyond what ought to be visible, right? Right. Um, and, and guys are having to go, oh, man, oh, help me. I can't even look over there now. Yeah. Um, you're not loving your brother, are you? No, absolutely not. And, you know, I'll, I'll say this. You know, we sin when lust proceeds up out of our heart. So I, the, I'll, I'll agree the, with this fact. The sin's that, on the guy. Right. If the guy's lusting, that is his fault. Yeah. That is ultimately his fault. But you have certainly contributed to it, right? You have helped a man absolutely. You know, in it. And so that's what you should be concerned about. What? How, how am I? What is my... My walk before the Lord, you know, how am I affecting my brothers? You know, I want to please, you know, the Lord in this. And he tells me, you know, love your brothers, you know, love you, you know, your neighbors, yourself. You know, love me with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. These are your highest priorities. Yeah. Uh, and and so obviously, if, 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 you know, whether that's on him or not, it you on your part are still contributing to that. Yeah. And so don't. There are contributing factors, even in yeah. crimes, right? Let's, right? let's just make something up. I heard this from a guy, but I'm changing it a little bit. So let's suppose uh, I, I'm leaving 100 bucks for you on my mail. It's taped to the top of my mailbox. There's 10, 10 tens, and they're flapping in the wind right there on top of my mailbox because you're going to come by and pick them up later in the day. Well, before you get there, Sean, who's in our room, comes over and steals those those $100, those 10 tens, and he runs off with them. Um, who, who's guilty of theft? Well, Sean is. He right. is. He's, right. he's entirely guilty of theft. Right. Did I contribute in any way? Yeah. Were, yeah. You, were, you, very, were you very unwise? Yeah. Stupidity, right? <laughs> yeah. How, how right. dumb could that be? So it's not a zero-sum activity where either all the sin is mine or all the sin is right. No, he can have – he's completely guilty for what he did, but I'm also stupid and so right. guilty for what I did. Yeah. Yeah, we can right. both be there. All right. So we spend a little time on modesty there. What about some things that some people use – sinfully, can a believer use them in a way that is not sinful? So somebody abuses, a lot of people abuse alcohol. Well, I don't know why they don't say this one. A lot of people abuse food. Right, <laughs> right? absolutely, yeah. yeah. Like, oh, you can't go to a place that serves alcohol. Well, can you go to a place that serves a lot of food? Because I see a lot of people eating a lot of food, and they're, right. and they're big, and they need to yeah, right. eat less food, right? Just curtail that, yeah. So um, can a believer use things that a, another might use sinfully. Let me give you an example. What about playing cards? What about gambling? What about even stopping into a casino? Yeah, great question. I mean, yeah, absolutely. I I believe they can. You know, because somebody does something sinfully with something, um, doesn't mean that 
I have to do something simply. You know, you know, Jesus Christ, I, I think a, a very key passage here is when Jesus Christ says that nothing, you know, from without entering into a man defiles him, but what proceeds up out of the heart, this is what defiles the man. Uh, you know, if somebody goes into a casino or uses playing cards and can't control himself and his his greed and his lust for, you know, for gaining more causes him to, to ruin himself or his family or whatever, you know, what is the, the, the problem is, is not the cards necessarily. The problem is really the greed and, yeah. the, and the lust that was there in his heart, his heart, you know, or alcohol the same way. Yeah. The person who maybe, um, uh, who, who's looking for some kind of shelter and escape and not seeking that in the lure, but say, Hey, look, I'm just going to try to, to lose my mind here, you know, with this. I mean, th- there's the problem. The problem isn't necessarily the alcohol. They could have lost themselves in something else. It's, it's the fact that they are, are seeking something, you know, before the Lord, really, that you should ultimately find in the Lord. Um, and so, yeah, the, the, the music, or uh, I would say the same thing. I mean, the, the culture that surrounds a lot of music, I mean, you know, upbeat music, um, picks us up. I mean, it, it really mm-hmm. does, and and that could be a good and a, or a bad thing. I mean, it, it can. You know, I mean, if if I'm, if I guess if if things are morally loose and and you know the conditions are all right and I and I feel you know there's this pick me up, then um, you know I, I my, maybe inhibitions are, are relaxed there and and you know you do things that shouldn't be done. If I'm trying to work out, right, uh, and I need I need some extra motivation, or I'm doing a repetitive task. I was about to ask you. So you, I'm guessing you look like a guy who works out. Do you work out? I, I still work out. Yeah, I, yeah, I, tr- I try to. So do you play Bach when you're working out? I no, yeah. You don't. <laughs> I know. No. So no. No yes. piano sonatas. Although I don't anything? actually listen to a. You know, I happen to have a, a TV out there, so sometimes I'll put that on. But right. I don't. But if I do listen to music, yeah, it would if be you're going for a PR, what do you listen to? Yeah, it's going to be something more upbeat, right? So, something driving. Yeah, right. right. Yeah. So, you know, or, or, and, and I, you know, we could we could extend that to to other things. I mean, you could have a a, a, a friendly drink, you know. Or with a friend and converse. I mean, you could talk about spiritual things, right? Uh, but you don't get drunk. You control it. The difference, right. the difference, of course, is your heart. The same thing with the cards. You know, I, you know, I, I've never. I, I love you know playing cards. I mean, I used to play a lot of different games. I don't gamble as much, but you know, I know, you know my son and a couple of my in-laws. They, they all get together and you know once every. I don't know how often they do it. You know, and they all agree. Uh, bring it's a, probably not real high stakes, right? No, they bring yeah. a set amount of money, uh-huh. and uh, let's say it's twenty-five dollars, and they all come and and you know, and they they have a good time. You know, they talk about various things. They have good fellowship with with a brother, and maybe all of them, but one lose twenty-five dollars. <laughs> you know, uh-huh. but what's the difference? If yes, they all went to a, if they went to a restaurant yeah. and they spent twenty five dollars and they also talked and had a good time fellowship yeah. it's a form and they're of all out twenty five dollars right, right yeah. yeah you know and uh, so there's nothing wrong with the, the cards were not the issue it was the greed or the lust that drove somebody to use the cards in the casinos in the wrong way uh, it's the greed and the lust that you know that that that, that, that caused them to use the alcohol the wrong way or what what not some of the other things but yeah. Uh, yeah, amen. Obviously, so, they, we could have a heart that's right, to, you know, before so, God. And, so I'm going to ask you a question, and then I'm going to answer it for myself first. Have you ever been to a casino? So I'll, I'll answer it. I've been in a casino uh, once. What were the circumstances? Well, Deb and I were traveling somewhere. We went through West Virginia, and uh, in this part of West Virginia, kind of where it joins Maryland and Virginia, and uh, there, there was a, a motel we stayed in there, and then we realized there's a casino right next door. Let's walk through it. We've never been in a casino. So we went over there and walked through the place, and it was crazy. Yeah. It was mainly like busloads of pretty old people. 
yeah sitting there doing this <laughs> right you know, yeah uh-huh, uh-huh. see the slots a lot yeah, yeah. so uh yeah. but i thought man I, i'm not even gonna try because i know i'll just lose money i don't know anything about this right? yeah have you ever been to a casino uh, I've never. I, I I've been on. I've been on two cruises, and uh, uh-huh. and there was a casino on the cruise, and we uh-huh. and we walked through the casino a couple of times to get from one place to another. Uh-huh. So that's okay. the extent of my uh, casino it. exposure. I mean, I've never. That's not something that's ever really interested me at all, to be honest. So yeah, but um, yeah. yeah, same here. Had had an interest in me either. So here's a good question. Let's think about this. Which is the greater danger now <clears throat> in churches? You know, and among Christians, you know, which is the greater danger? Is there a greater danger? Which would it be? Is it using Christian liberty or is it giving yourself to license, right? Just indulging in sin right. and justifying it somehow. Which is the greater danger right now? I believe uh, that the greater danger is the the license. Amen, bro. I'm 100% yeah. with you. Yeah, I, I just – I think the um, – you know, maybe, maybe to some extent the churches at one point reacted to a lot of moral – you know, um, requirements that were put on, I mean, mm. moral, uh, legal requirements, legalism. That were, yeah, legalism type requirements that were put on things and, and maybe they reacted, but we have, you know, I believe the church has gone way too far the other way. And we, you know, there's things that I think many people I would say, Hey, you know, you ought to, you ought to, you know, throttle this, you know, you yeah. ought to, uh, this is something that you should avoid or, you know, be careful in that. Um, yeah, that yeah. they don't. So, yeah, amen. <clears throat> So here's another thing I want to say. We're, we're just about to close, but I've had this in my mind that it circles back and it hasn't come out yet, so it needs to come out now. So I want to encourage the, the brother who, let's say you have been an alcoholic. and They say once alcoholic. So you are an alcoholic, all right? But you're, you're, uh, you're, you're clean, you're dry, you're recovering. You haven't had a drink in five years. Bless the Lord. I'm thankful for that. Don't ever drink because if you drink one, you'll drink 100. So, so don't. What should your approach be? What should your attitude be? When you find out there's a church event where brothers are going to have a beer together, here's what it should be. You should say, bless you, Lord, that they don't have the problem I had, and I'm thankful that they have liberty to go do what they're going to do, and I'll pray for them and have a great time of fellowship. Instead of saying, I don't like that, right? right? You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that's part of what he says there in Romans 14, right? You don't judge your brother who, who you know, your la- who, 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 uh, yeah, has the conscience yeah. to, to handle this and yeah. can handle it. And I'm know. saying, even go further. Rejoice with them. Be yeah. thankful. Thank right, you, Lord, right. that they could do that. Yeah. Instead of grumping about it, grouching about it. No, I completely about agree. It. Yeah. All right. Well, that's Christian Liberty. Thank you, Jeff Lubecker, for being here with me. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's great. It's, it's been a real good time. Let's do this again sometime, huh? Okay. That's it for Grounded today. Thank you all for joining us. Uh, as you already know, we come out on major platforms and we come out twice a month. So uh, look forward to seeing you again in the future. Have a great day.